Hello, I'm Zev Neuwirth, and welcome to Creating a New Healthcare, a podcast series for healthcare leaders who are interested in fresh perspectives, new ideas, and bold solutions on how to advance the creation of a customer-oriented, value-based system of health. The views I express on this podcast are solely my own and do not represent the views of any other person or organization. Folks, the topic today is going to be on this issue of trust in healthcare. Trust or the lack of it is a serious and very real problem in healthcare today, daily impacting the lives of patients and providers across the country. There are lots of stats and facts to support this claim, but we'll have an opportunity to get into that uh, during the interview. I am particularly excited about this conversation because we're going to do more than just talk. This interview is a call to action. The explicit purpose of this podcast is to inform you of and engage you in the American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation's Trust Practice Challenge. The ABIM Foundation has launched a campaign in some ways similar to their catalytic Choosing Wisely campaign, but the focus here is on rebuilding trust in healthcare. The foundation is seeking examples of ways in which individual providers, practices, departments, and large systems are routinely incorporating trust building into their workflows, practices, policies, services, or using enhancing technologies to engender trust. As you'll hear, the goal of the campaign is to collect top-line, inspiring, best-in-class practices of trust building and to disseminate them. But the purpose here, as I understand it, is not just to collect and share exemplary trust practices from across the country. The real purpose is to create a community of individuals and organizations who care deeply about rebuilding trust in healthcare and who are really interested in getting better at it, to create a sort of systematic movement and momentum of trust building in healthcare. I have to tell you, I am so impressed with our guest and his colleagues at the American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation in taking on such a critically important and ambitious issue. Uh, I have the privilege of introducing you, actually reintroducing you to our guest today. Dr. Richard Barron uh, is the CEO and president of the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation. It is, uh, it is a true pleasure to have Dr. Barron back on the podcast. We recorded an interview last uh, February of 2018. It was episode number 26 called Perspectives on Physician Professionalism and Patient Care. It was incredibly inspiring to me, and I think about it often. I would uh, encourage you to take a listen to that one as well. Uh, in my opinion, Dr. Barron is one of the most thoughtful and humanistic physician leaders in healthcare today. I'm not going to spend a, a whole bunch of time introducing Dr. Barron. He uh, has uh, just uh, tremendous uh, credentials. Um, I do want to say this, though. Um, this, uh, this initiative clearly uh, is a uh, multidisciplinary organizational initiative. I had the, the pleasure of speaking to some of uh, Dr. Barron's colleagues, Dan Wolfson, uh, the executive director of the ABIM Foundation, uh, as, as well as uh, Wanda Odom and, and, and some of his other colleagues. This is obviously a, a major undertaking, a major effort that's supported by experts within the American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation, as well as experts from across the country. So without further ado, let's drop into this uh, interview that we recorded on Friday, January 11th, just a few days ago. So Richard, let's just jump in. The first question I have is there are so many issues in healthcare today. Uh, why or how did this issue of trust arise for you and the American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation? What What's happening in the environment or the market that 
really um, sort of drove you to, to kind of hone in on this issue? Well, that's a great question, Zev, and, and trust is fundamental in healthcare, and we all know that. We all know that uh, everything we do with our patients, uh, it, it only flows, it only happens if patients have reason to trust what we're doing, what we're suggesting, what we're advising. And we base the advice that we give patients on science and on a research enterprise that uses uh, an objective methodology to try to determine knowledge. And what's happening in the broader culture, and I think everyone is aware of this, is that the status of facts is not what it used to be. And that the idea of expertise is under enormous threat and pressure. And for better and for worse, doctors are experts who deal with facts. And what the value we bring to our patients is being able to tell them that there is knowledge that we have relevant to their predicament to help them make decisions that can keep them healthier or get them out of trouble. If we start moving to a world where facts don't have the status they used to have, that's a huge threat for healthcare. And the foundation realized that it was happening everywhere else in the culture. It's happening in the political sphere. It's happening in national dialogue. And we realized that it was clear that it's going to have an impact on healthcare. It's already having an impact on healthcare. And in a world where people can go on the internet and uh, no one knows your dog on the internet, <laughs> we think it's very important uh, that healthcare institutions think about and healthcare providers think about how trust gets built and how gets how trust gets destroyed uh, in the world we're in now. So yes. what I hear you saying is, well, I, in order to kind of repair that um and, and improve the relationship and, 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 uh, and subsequently to improve outcomes of care, we have to go about it a different way. And that different way is actually a focus on the relationship, the relationship between the, uh, the patient and provider, the relationship between the provider and the system, the, pa- the relationship between the public and the profession of medicine and the healthcare system at large. Is that, is that what you're, what's behind this? That is exactly what's behind this, that as scientifically trained doctors, we make our recommendations based on a set of facts that we believe to be right and true. And in some ways, the way we're trained is to put that out there and say, okay, here it is, patient, Uh, you should do this because a randomized control study says you should. And you're exactly right. The world has really changed. Authority is not uh, as respected as it was. And this is true in all forms of discourse in the culture. And we believe that uh, those axes you were describing between patients and their healthcare providers, between patients and delivery systems, between delivery systems and doctors, that all of those relationships are relationships that depend on trust. And we're very interested in learning more about what organizing your work around trying to engender trust looks like. What does it look like if a delivery system says, 
we're going to we're going to do our work we're going to we're going to organize our work with the idea that we're trying intentionally to build and maintain trust and you get very different uh outcomes and we're interested in learning more about how that could happen and and there have been and and I've had the the um sort of privilege of 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 talking to you about this before and um also reading uh the paper that uh, the American board put out on that uh, you had a, a forum this past uh, I believe it was June an annual forum in 2018 on the issue of rebuilding trust and and so I've I've read that through I would recommend it I believe it's available on the internet uh, the ABM um 2018 ABM Foundation forum rebuilding trust summary paper by Timothy Lynch, excellent piece and and well worth reading. But you point out in that paper, and you've you've shared this with me, that there are some real issues that have occurred in the market and in the industry, uh, this issue of transparency, conflict of interest. So there are some real things that have happened that have eroded the trust, again, between provider and patient, provider and system, uh, and and the, and the patient and the public and, and the healthcare system. And I, I guess I, I'd love for you to just say something about that. And also, are there hard numbers? Are there statistics that that um, you know verify the fact that there's a there's actually an issue in trust? Because you guys have obviously put a tremendous amount of thought into this. Absolutely, there are. And uh, the Gallup organization has been polling on. Uh, the question is, how much confidence do you have in these American institutions? And it asks about the military and organized labor and newspapers um, and church. And it asks about the medical system. And the medical system is the uh, institution that has had the greatest loss of trust. Hmm. Uh, in 1975, 80% of people said they had a great deal or quite a lot of trust in the medical system. And in 2015, uh, that was down to 37%. Wow. And now we're still above uh, the the presidency and the banks and and uh, newspapers, we're below the military and small business and the police. But the really striking thing is the size of the drop. And I think many people in healthcare think we're in a cocoon. We're protected by science. Of course, people trust us because we're right. And in fact, it's just what you were saying before. We need to be thinking much more about relationships. We need to be thinking much more intentionally about context, that the facts, whatever they are, they may be facts, but individual people, it's their particular predicament and connecting what we know with the goals and situations of patients. That's how trust gets built. And we need to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. And when you say trust, and and how are you how are you defining it? Are there are there elements of trust? There are a variety of uh, of potential definitions out there for trust, and we're not trying to get uh, too deep into definitions. Although that paper you referenced by Tim Lynch, which is available on our website abimfoundation.org, uh, he he does summarize some of the classic definitions of trust and and they all involve vulnerability part of why you wind up needing trust is you're vulnerable mm-hmm. and uh but they also involve reliability uh, they involve uh intentionality that 
do you believe that the person has your interests at heart or their interests at heart? Uh, this is where conflict of interest becomes really important when we're taking care of patients. They need to believe that what we're doing, we're doing for them not for us. Uh, so, and ability and competence are part of it too. Do you know how to do what it is you're proposing to do? So trust is built on reliability. It's built on competence. Uh, it, it's built on, 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 on intentionality. Those are all core elements of trust. And we believe that that there's lots of times in healthcare that we do things that engender trust, but we're not aware of that many places that are, or that many examples of systematic efforts to engender trust. There are some, um, and uh, perhaps this is a good time to talk about our trust challenge uh, that, that mm -hmm. we've got out. Uh, again, that also can be found on the abimfoundation.org uh, website, our trust challenge. We're interested in identifying what we call trust practices uh, that are things, what's a practice? A practice is something done routinely in a healthcare setting. It might have a workflow behind it. It might have a policy behind it. It might have a technology support behind it. Something that people do intentionally to engender trust. And we're interested in uh, learning about trust practices at the uh, provider institution level, uh, at the patient provider level, at the patient institution level, uh, at the payer level with relationships with both institutions, providers, and patients. Each of, we believe there are examples out there of trust building activities. We'd like to learn more about them. Uh, and so we've launched a trust practice challenge uh, with a submission deadline of the end of February. And we are, uh, uh, people can, uh, can go on our website and get information about it, but we're trying to collect uh, some, uh, some top line inspiring best-in-class practices, and then we'll disseminate them at next summer's forum and through other channels. And anybody who enters will be joining a community of people who care about trust and are trying to get better at it. And so are the submissions from, can they be from individuals or practices, or do they have to be from larger organizations? They can be from individuals, they can be from small practices, they can be from large organizations. We're interested in a trust practice that any unit of healthcare is engaged in uh, because as we both know, healthcare is practiced in all of those settings and we believe trust is important in all of them and to try to identify exemplary practices in each one is, is just what we're trying to do. You know, Richard, I, I, I really, um, I really, first of all, let me just say that, um, I have tremendous respect and admiration for what you and the American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation are doing, taking on what is, I think, a critically important issue and a very, very ambitious issue. And as I'm, you know, hearing you speak, and again, um, ha having had the benefit of reading through the paper, uh, about the uh, about the rebuilding trust uh, uh, forum you had, it, it seems like you're going about it in a in a very intentional way. I mean, you could have you could have gotten together a group of experts and uh, and and made some recommendations, but that's not what what you're doing. And it and it sounds to me like you're 
you're adopting a very similar approach to the one you use in the Choosing Wisely campaign. And I'm wondering if you could share what is the thinking uh, and, and, and construct, uh, construct of how you're going about creating uh, this uh, or, or just uh, uh, moving forward with this initiative on trust. You're exactly right. We learned a lot from Choosing Wisely that has helped us in thinking about the trust initiative. The major thing about Choosing Wisely was that it was a simple set of rules designed to create uh, an opportunity for lots of people to get involved in a problem. So the problem we were trying to address in Choosing Wisely was stewardship. But talking about stewardship, it's just an abstract value. By coming up with the idea of societies could generate a list of five things that are done too much, and they could use simple rules, it needs to be something in your discipline. There needs to be evidence behind it. It needs to be consequential, either because it happens a lot or it costs a lot of money or it uh, poses great risk for patients. Uh, and the fourth is your process has to be transparent. Mm-hmm. And using four simple rules, we were able to get 80 different specialty societies to get engaged in choosing wisely, which has been very active and uh, and and has engaged lots of people and lots of, of healthcare delivery systems. We're hoping to come up with a similar approach to trust. We're still early in our journey, but we we would like to adopt a model of co-creation, of broad participation. It's not going to be top down from the foundation. It's going to be the foundation trying to create an engagement strategy, a thriving community focused on trust. Again, I I just can't tell you how much I, I, I so admire and love that approach. Uh, again, I think, I think it could have been so easy to come up with ideas and solutions. And instead, you're, you're really, what you're, you're placing a lot of trust, um, in, in the medical profession and in the healthcare system in that, in that what you're looking for, uh, is, I mean, underlying it, I hear a belief that there are people and teams and provider groups and large systems out there that are uh, rebuilding trust and establishing trust. And there are initiatives out there. And what you're wanting to do is to really discover uh, and appreciate what's out there and uh, and to share it broadly. And, and in that way, build this uh, co-created collaborative or network of rebuilding trust. And at least that's the way it sounds. Is, is, is that, am I close to what you're Yes, you are. Uh, that is exactly what we're trying to do. And and the kinds of things that we're learning about, uh, there are, many doctors know about this, there, there are uh, error programs in many hospitals where if something bad happens, uh, there, there's apology and, uh, and, and efforts to make people whole. These programs of apology and, and restoration, they're around the country and they're really trust building strategies. They're any patient cared for in an institution that's doing that knows that this is an institution that is going to be honest about mistakes that might occur. Uh, so that's an example of a, of a practice that we think builds trust. Uh, Geisinger had a warranty program for uh, some of its surgery. That's a practice that builds trust. It can also happen in individual offices. Uh, I, I have a friend and colleague who uh, tricked his electronic health record into 
putting something important about each patient on something personal about each patient on the homepage so that in addition to seeing the med list and the problem list and the allergies, the example he used is a patient whose last name was S-C-H-I-E-D-L-E. And underneath the name, it said, Sheetle rhymes with needle. The patient had told him, that's how to pronounce my name. And he had the electronic health record present that to all members of the team. If you come to a place where people mispronounce your name, that uh, that shakes trust. If you come to a place where people pronounce your name right, it really does make you feel more confident that they know who you are and that they're paying attention to you. So those are examples of large practices and small practices, large institutional practices and individual uh, small practice practices. And we're hoping to to learn about as many of them as we can and see if we can get some themes and see if we can uh, generalize from them and disseminate them. Mm -hmm. And are you going to, um, well, two questions. One is, are you going to categorize these and do you, and, and, and have you put together a construct? Or are you going to learn uh, as you go along? And the second question is, um, I'm really curious, is it, and it may be too early to answer this one, but um, how, do you have a sense of what good would look like, what you're going for? Absolutely. Uh, first, in terms of how we categorize them, at the moment, we're thinking about them in terms of axes of relationship. So we're thinking about them, as I said, uh, in terms of the relationships between providers and their institutions, between patients and their providers, between patients and their institutions. That kind of thing is how we're characterizing them now. As we get more, uh, we may come up with some overarching themes as we get further into this, and then we may find a useful and productive way to characterize them. With respect to what does good look like, uh, Choosing Wisely provides a terrific example of that. Uh, it wound up being very broadly taken up by the healthcare delivery system. Some critics have observed, well, there's still waste in the delivery system. And of course, there's still waste in the delivery system. Choosing Wisely was never designed to eliminate all waste in the delivery system. But where it has been used, it does support conversations. And lots of places have picked it up and used it. So what we'd like to be able to do, what good would look like, is to have a, a set of trust practices that inspire institutions to think differently about the way they organize their care and individual providers about the way they organize their care and connect with patients or with their medical staff uh, in ways that are designed to promote and engender trust and to be more intentional and structural and systematic about the way that they bring trust into their work. And if we saw healthcare systems around the country making trust a value, we would find that to be successful. And I'll make one more comment. Mm -hmm. Part of what drove the success of Choosing Wisely was Choosing Wisely began before there was a broad national conversation about value-based care. And so what made Choosing Wisely influential was when people decided that value-based care was important, Choosing Wisely was a very helpful tool. And that, I think, drove a lot of adoption of Choosing Wisely. I think we're still at a stage where lots of people in healthcare don't think trust is at risk. They, I think many of our colleagues still believe that I'm the doctor. They're going to trust me. I, of course, I have their best interests at heart. 
And I think there's lots of reasons to think that that over the next few years, uh, that's not going to continue to be true. Mm -hmm. And people are going to need intentional, explicit strategies for rebuilding trust the same way that they needed intentional, explicit approaches to discussing uh, waste and harm in the delivery system. Yeah, no, I, I think the the analogy is is very real, and uh, I completely agree with you. Uh, just to remind listeners again, what what can they do to participate in this trust practice challenge uh, that the American, the American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation is launching? Uh, they can go to abimfoundation.org, and they will see a link to the Trust Practice Challenge. And there's information there. The submission deadline is Thursday, February 28th. We have a group of uh, national experts, uh, some of them C-suite people, some of them patient consumer folks, some of them uh, primary care doctors, uh, a nurse, a whole variety of folks who will review the submissions and try to identify the ones that they think of as most promising and most generalizable. And we will recognize those by inviting those people to our 2019 uh, summer forum where we will be discussing this issue. And um, But everyone who engages will become part of a community of folks who are interested in learning more about trust. And, uh, and we're hoping that uh, lots of people will uh, step up. And there's a, a short form that people use to describe their practice and which axis of the delivery system is addressing and uh, what it is and how they think it builds trust. That's great. I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to actually share this with my colleagues and, and, uh, try to submit, uh, some of our trust practices here. You, you know, Richard, uh, it is such a delight to speak with you and, and you are so inspiring. Um, I, I want to give you, uh, uh, the final word if you want, uh, any sort of message or commentary before we uh, sign off today. Well, I think all of us in healthcare go to work to do the best we can for our patients and I think all of us need to take seriously that uh, our legitimacy and authority uh, are not as secure as they used to be uh, in the internet-based world, in the, in the world where people are questioning how good science is. So I hope people will pay attention to trust, think about trust, think about building trust. At the end of the day, it is, as you said, relationship-focused. And I think it it's about connection. It's about context. It's about building the bridge between the knowledge we have and the predicaments our patients face. And the more successfully we do that, the more we don't just live in our knowledge world, but understand the predicaments that our patients have, the more successful we're going to be in our core goal as healers. And I, uh, I'm really excited to be doing this. I appreciate that you are uh, giving some space on your podcast to give me a chance to talk about this. And the other thing is I'm looking forward to your forthcoming book. I want to get that out there too. Uh, you had told me Reframing Healthcare, a Roadmap. I look forward to seeing that when it comes out later this year. Well, thank you. And I, I just want to say that uh, speaking with you and learning from you has definitely influenced uh, what I put into the book. So I, again, Richard, I want to thank you so much uh, for sharing this, for what you all are doing and, uh, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, 
I'd love to, uh, maybe we can schedule a follow-up podcast either uh, maybe during or, or right after the uh, next forum that the American Board is going to be having on trust uh, this coming summer. That would be great. Uh, I would enjoy doing that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Richard. Take care. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed and benefited from this uh, conversation with Dr. Richard Barron of the American Board of Internal Medicine. We could have gone into much more depth on the statistics and the current events that really illustrate the problem of declining trust in healthcare. But I thought it was more important to focus on what the ABIM Foundation is doing, the campaign they're organizing, and to discuss how you can, as an individual, a practice, or an organization, submit a trust practice to uh, this campaign. As Dr. Barron mentioned, there is a short submission form available online, and the deadline is coming up soon, Thursday, February 28th, 2019. As always, I would be delighted to hear your feedback about this podcast, so please email or connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. And as always, please don't hesitate to share this podcast with your colleagues, friends, and family. In this particular case, I would actually urge you to share the American Board of Internal Medicine Foundation Trust Practice Challenge with your colleagues. And as I do each and every episode, I'd like to conclude by expressing a special note of recognition and gratitude to all of you out there who are either directly providing care to patients or those of you who are supporting others in providing care. You're doing the hard work, the important work each and every day of taking care of others, and we all greatly appreciate it. This is Zeb Neuwirth. You've been listening to Creating a New Healthcare. Until next time, be well.